Hi, this episode is late, um, ish, but that's because I've been very busy, you know, swimming around the country, talking to angry people about The Little Mermaid, um, because I, as a biracial person and also a mermaid, needed to let them fucking know. (laughs) Anyways, I'm back now, out of the water. And here with a new episode of my podcast. Flower crowns in a forgotten field. Some flowers that tower over summer skies. Busted iPhone sings magic potion and the body electric. These are the magical times, sunny sweetheart, when we are electric, sparking and sparkling, infatuated illuminations on August afternoons, high on sugar, sweet on each other, my eyes on your shirt that rests on one shoulder, with my hands on the timber of your chest. Your voice echoes out in the open, you kiss, hey girl. You're my girl, on my lips, and I am speechless and starved. I was kind of thinking about the movie Midsummer when I wrote that. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Midsummer. I'm, I'm in, in pure sort of Western arrogance. I'm going to assume that's right. That's fine, um, <laughs> because I, I'm I'm going to see that tomorrow. And I'm really excited. Um, I love the trailer. I was very fascinated by it and excited about what it's going to be. And I really love the kind of um, floral, kind of natural, um, kind of Jonestown at Woodstock kind of aesthetic of the trailer. Um, that I assume will also appear in the film. And so I was just thinking about that kind of environment. And I just kind of took that and, and sort of worked with it and and constructed something um, probably less horrific than the film. But we'll see. It's two and a half hours which is exciting because most films these days don't really go up, you know, sort of over 90 minutes. Um, so I was, I was looking at the runtime this morning and I was like, oh, two and a half hours, you say? Nice. So I'm, I just, I really want to see this film so badly. Like you have no idea. <laughs> so, um, but I was just, I was really inspired by the kind of imagery that they had in in the trailer and, and just sort of how it's very much a place where you could fall in love with someone, I suppose. I bought you home a rainbow flag that the wind sent to me because it could see in the stars or our eyes or our hearts that you were the light the brightness, the love of my life. Maybe my wife, if your busy schedule permits for you to leave your closet office 
where you work on presentations that obscure our queer perversions. I held the flag close all day, as if the purple stripe contained the sum of your spirit, so I could feel like I hadn't failed at helping you feel like you could be free on the streets that are too busy with the parade to see how much you mean to me. You know, I never loved you less. Bringing home flags, feelings, freedom, if you want them, because I want you. And I love you, even if we're only close, in your closet, keeping secrets, making wishes, that next year we will both bring home flags of our own. Here on the podcast, we we don't just sort of take down our rainbow flags on the 1st of July and call it a, a month. We support LGBT kerfuffles all year through here on Sincerely Jennifer, unlike your favourite brands and corporations. Um, <laughs> I actually wrote that uh, at the London Pride Parade yesterday. Um, I was filming stuff and looking at stuff and talking to people and I started thinking about how it was it was a couple of years ago I was in this relationship with this girl and I I wanted for us to go together and she didn't want to because she said that that she she was worried you know if people found out you know about our relationship and things like that she was worried about how people would feel how people would treat her and things like that and i i understand that completely um I think I've talked about it before um but I I get it totally um but I I also had like this sort of this sort of oh hello Mr Motorbike just meandering past my house anyway I had this sort of I don't know. I guess maybe I thought if we went there together, it would make the whole situation more real. Or something. Um, looking back, I, I don't think it would have. Um, but in a way, I felt like I was failing because she didn't feel okay with herself and who she was. And I felt like I had some responsibility for that, you know, I don't know, like, like I, I needed to make it easier for her so she could feel okay with who she was. And it was, it was hard to, to deal with that. And I think, not to be a bitch about it, but I think that's something that perhaps a lot of straight people take for granted. It's very unlikely that 
you know, the person that you love is going to be too afraid to go to an event with you that a lot of other people, even if they're not a part of the community, will still attend just because it's fun. Because they're afraid that people will think of them a certain way. You know, and they're afraid that if someone finds out about the relationship, it's all going to go badly for them. And I, I don't know. I just think, you know, because, I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, haven't we given enough concessions to the, the LGBT community? And what about straight pride and things like that? I, I'm not trying to be ungrateful when I say this. But I mean... Count your blessings, you know. It's very unlikely that the person that you love is going to be afraid to be open about your relationship in case the people around them abandon them or things like that. That's all. to be grateful that I was of such interest to a cloud of Charlie Brooker books that had suddenly seen me for the very first time, but I had to decline, dropping a single kiss on your coarse curls before leaving you and your messy kitchen. This dude that I used to go out with used to tell me that he wanted us to be like Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath, and I was like... Internally, of course, because I'm not a very, contra like, sort of, you know, um, confrontational person in real life. Like, I'll be confrontational in my head or, like, several years later, getting an attitude about it on a podcast, kind of confrontational. But I'm not going to say that to their face, like, oh. Anyways, so I said in my head, what? What does that mean? Firstly, neither of us are actually Ted Hughes or Sylvia Plath, right? Okay, so that's that's our first point here. We are individual people, separate people. We're not them. We're our own people, you know. And I... Maybe it's because I'm an Aquarius and I'm kind of obsessed with being myself and being who I am and, and being unique and not being... You know, I, I, I never want to be somebody who adopts other people into myself. You know, I, I don't want to be somebody's Sylvia Plath. I don't want to be, you know, the next anybody. I, I just I just want to be who I am, you know. And so I think maybe I was like low-key kind of offended by the idea that we had to be other people anyway. But, you know, just straight away logistically, we are not them. We are completely different, you know. Um, just because we both happen to be writers, that does not mean anything, really. Secondly, I mean... 
what, what does that mean? What does it mean? We, we, we were not part of their lives. Like we can read biographies and, and their own work and try and guess what kind of a relationship they had. But would we really know? And if we did know, why would we want to emulate that? Like, what is the point in sort of taking another two people and aspiring to be them? What kind of a relationship is that? It doesn't make any sense, you know? But he had this whole romanticised idea that we were going to be like them. And, you know, in the future, people would look at us in a similar way. And I was like, this is fucking dumb. I anyway <laughs> uh so I mean as you can imagine it's not an ideal situation um it just struck me as such a weird thing to say and I, I just remember thinking to myself but how are you in any way like Ted Hughes you know Apart from the fact that you both write things. Like, so what? So do millions of people. Like, where have you got this sort of delusional idea that we're going to be like that? Why are we cosplaying as other people? I'm too grown for this, son. I mean, I was like 20 at the time and I really thought I was grown, but there we are. It turns out I probably had a lot more elevating and whatever to do but the, the point is even then I knew it was stupid I was like this is fucking bomb and so I wrote about it but it's, it's for a future project so I did write about it for a reason not not just because you know I decided to be petty several years later it is actually for something but I can't really say too much now because I still have like several other projects that I'm working on that are due out before that. Um, <laughs> but I, I never work on things in order. I, I have like a list of all the things I'm going to be releasing throughout the rest of the year and, and some for next year as well. And things that I'm working on. But I'm, I keep doing them all in the wrong order because I'm the worst. But you know, what can I do? <laughs> Apart from continuing to be terrible. And, and making all of the people that, you know, I work with and that help me with all these things, just stressing them out because they're like, fuck's sake, why can't you do anything in a logical fashion? But, you know, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I I pay the people that I work with on time and, and a good wage, so I've at least got that in my corner. I may be a nightmare to work with, but at least I'm not like screwing people financially or something like that <laughs> um i'm sure that's a great consolation for them against the war in every sense, trying to make sense of why you are silent for the third time this week, approaching me in the home we share when you need to escape your life. I taste your tears, my lips taken by your own so I can tell no one, not that I would, and I can ask nothing more of you than my skin asks of your hands. 
I'm staring across the room at the shelf above my desk when my daughters are in a row, not knowing where to look. I promised them with a small smile that I would tell them all about it later, scratching the scenes we have kissed into existence into their bodies with intoxicated ink, and we will see if I can find a way to be what their father needs. Someone asked me the other day if I was going to have children soon. And for a moment, I was like, what the fuck? I'm practically a child myself. But then I remembered that I'm 27 and, you know. <laughs> and there there are some people that have an expectation that at this point I should be married and kids and, and have a dog and, and whatever. Hmm. So that was a, a a troubling time. I I it's not something I think about really. Um I always just figured I would know when I would want to. But then I think there's a lot of sort of external pressures on women, you know. Um you know, you have to do it before before your body can't anymore. You have to you have to do it right now and it's like fuck off, I've got other things I'm, I'm doing at the moment, I'm busy, I've got a lot on my mind, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> um, it's weird, and there are, like, sort of opposing sides to it. There's, like, one side that's calling you, like, abnormal if you don't want to have kids or you, you don't know if you want to have children yet. But then there's, like, another side that's, like, you know... You have to focus on work. You have to, you know, screw kids, screw normal things that society have told you is normal, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sort of sat in the middle like, God, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'll figure it out when I get there, I suppose. But I feel for now, I have my work. Which some wouldn't really consider a child. But at the moment it's the closest thing I have. And it could be the only thing I have. In the end. And I think I'd be fine with that. You know. In a way. I mean. I I don't think that you have to have a human child to be a complete person and to have lived a complete life you know and if if when I die the only thing left of me apart from my body because I have like external phobias around cremation and that is not happening um, and actually I'll let's take a moment and this will be my record if anybody connected to me, my family, my eventual husband or wife, if I eventually have children, if they do this, if any of you cremate me, I'm going to come back and I'm going to haunt you so bad. And you are going to be, you're going to be living in like a haunted house scenario, sweetie, because I am going to haunt the fuck out of you. And you are going to be terrified from morning till night. And then throughout the rest of the night. Because I will be pissed. Okay. We'll have this conversation at a longer. 
you know, sort of a longer version at a later date. But for now, let me just say, I will get you, okay? I will go full, vengeful fucking spirit. Anyway, back to what I was saying before. But <laughs> if besides my dead body and my lovely gravestone, um, if the only thing left of me is my work, I would be happy with that. I could I could be fine with that. You know, the, the songs I've written, the books I've written, I could be okay with that, you know? For some people, it may, you know, for some people they think something like that wouldn't be enough and they think that you, you have to, you know, have a family and, and do all that and that that's what some people want for their lives and that's fine but if I never reach a point where I want to have a child and all that I leave to the world is my work then I still think that I've achieved a lot and I've given people something meaningful and special and I'm okay with that but just as a reminder if any bitch thinks they can cremate me mm -mm. you ever seen the grudge sweetie it's gonna be worse than that mm -hmm. you ever seen like nightmare on elm street because I'm gonna be popping up in your dreams and just like you're gonna regret it don't do it don't cremate me that's that's <laughs> my will is just gonna say don't cremate me please and then just a list of all my things divided up but then like don't cremate me every sort of third or fourth line in bold and italics just for dramatic effect because I need everybody to know. It's important to me. <laughs> like, it's specifically important to me. <laughs> I think maybe part of it is because I saw the movie Scrooged when I was a kid. And that shit fucked me up. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Just please. Please respect my views. That's all for today's episode, but I will see you next week. Um, I say that, but I'm actually on holiday next week. I'll record it early, don't worry. Um, <laughs> she says while ending a late uploaded episode. Um, no, no, I will. It's fine. Um, but I, I will be back next week with a new episode. Um... For now, you can find more of my work at my website, which is jenniferwan.com. Uh, I'm also on social media, 
Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all those places, uh, with the username Miss J Squared. Uh, you can find um, my videos, music, things like that. Uh, there's some lots, I say some lots, hundreds of sort of free poems and stories and things like that on my website. Um, there's also stuff of mine on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, everywhere, really. Um, um, so you can find lots of stuff to keep you busy until next week's episode. Um, you can also support the show and other free to access projects that I do uh, by signing up to my Patreon or Patreon or however, however the fuck you say it. That thing, you know, you know the one. Um, because at the moment there is a special offer on my Patreon. I did one recently uh, where you could get um, some Polaroid prints of my poems and I'm doing another one. Uh, this this one will be running until the 1st of August. Uh, new and existing subscribers to my Patreon, whatever tier you're on. Uh, so you could be a $1 subscriber, you could be a $10 subscriber. Everybody who is subscribed to my Patreon on the 1st of August will receive a signed copy of my new book, Old Brown Eyes is Back. Now, signed copies previously... Um, I was very grateful actually because we, we sold out of the first run of signed copies that I did. Um, well, I, I was grateful. My hand wasn't grateful because it meant I had to sign some more. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> So we we restocked and, and did that. But previously, the signed copies have only been available in the European Union. Um, but for Patreon subscribers or Patreon subscribers, however you say it, um, this will be open to everybody across the world any of my subscribers on patreon will be able to get a signed copy of my new book no postage to pay nothing um so you can subscribe to my patreon um you get exclusive stuff such as free ebook copies of everything i release um <laughs> previews of things that I'm releasing, sort of early looks at what I'm doing. Uh, you get special mentions in projects. Um, access to my behind the scenes Instagram account. Um, and some tiers also have access to free and exclusive merchandise. And so things start from a dollar a month. So I was, do you know, I was gonna, <laughs> you know how like they all do that whole, the price of a cup of coffee. I don't think a cup of coffee is a dollar because I know that coffee is like super fucking expensive these days. It's more like, um, what's a dollar? How much? Well, I don't know. I'm not in America. I don't use dollars myself. But in the UK, let's think a pound. What could you buy for a pound? A bag of Haribo. Yeah, everyone loves Haribo. Yeah, so for for literally a bag of Haribo a month, you can get just a bunch of cool and exciting things. And if you sign up between now and the 1st of August, you also get a free signed copy of my latest book. Um, so 
that might be worth a little look for you. I've put all the details for that in the description. Um, and speaking of Patreon or Patreon or that thing, um, <laughs> I'd like to thank my friend Amanda from Patreon, who I love. You know that. Um, you can also support the show through PayPal uh, donations if you don't want to sort of commit to a monthly thing. Um, or through coffee donations. I think I'm saying that right, but I mean, who even knows at this point? Um, subscribers for my Patreon get everything that I've mentioned before. Um, but people who donate through coffee or PayPal will also get access to the early release program through my website. So they get to see, um, certain projects early. Um, so that's another way that you can help support the show. Um, you can also buy my books or stream my music, but <laughs> it's up to you. There are lots of, lots of things out there. Um, but there is also lots of free content um, on my website and there is tons of episodes of this podcast. Uh, there's free stuff on YouTube as well. So there is just so much, so much. Creative work for the many, not the few, as it were. But I have to go. So I will see you next week. Hopefully, if I remember to record early. Otherwise, I'm going to have to record it when I'm on holiday. In which case, I'll probably be recording it um, somewhere on a beach, being luxurious, having some ice cream. I'll see you there regardless. Good night, my love.